Welcome to Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla, where it's you who sets the conversation. Join us for the next hour as we take a fresh look at how we think about spirituality. How do we think about spirituality? Or more appropriately, how does spirituality help us think about what it is that we're dealing with in life? Welcome. It's great to be back with you today on Fresh Thinking as we do (coughs) on Thursday afternoons. I hope that you've had a good week. Everybody is just a little, <coughs> just a little stressed. Is that fair to say? And I know that wherever you go, everybody's talking about the same thing. You'll probably be, be a little bit annoyed that we're talking about the same thing. It is the L word. It's playing on everybody's minds. Everybody's feeling so overwhelmed about the power issues. So I thought if everybody's feeling a little bit overwhelmed and people are feeling a little bit down and perhaps exasperated and negative about the future or even negative about the the present. So why don't we have a conversation about, and I'm sure everybody has something to contribute, about what thinking, and I'm going to be a little bit more specific, what spiritual thinking may be helpful to keep us positive even when things around us are not looking so positive. And that's something that everybody calls on some wisdom that they've learned or experienced or they meditate on or they read about or they think about on a regular basis. And that's what helps. I mean, I'm assuming that everybody has something that helps them to keep their chin up even when things are really rough. So let's talk about that. I'm sure that you have suggestions. I'd like to share, obviously, some thoughts that I have as well. And between us, maybe we can all offer each other a shoulder, a little bit of support, a little bit of light, excuse the pun, in the darkness. So that's the opening question for today's discussion. Is there a spiritual principle that you live with that helps you to keep positive even when things around you are not feeling or looking so positive? And if there is such a thing, please, please share it with us. We'd all benefit and we'd all, of course, love to have that exposure and that experience of knowing what somebody else is doing that works. So if you're new to this and you don't know how to share on the Fresh Thinking Show or anything else on Chai FM for that matter, here's how you do it. You could use the Telegram app and send a message on 618-951019. There is still good old-fashioned SMSs on 34519. And for whatever reason it is, on this show, Most of the conversation tends to happen on social media. So the way to find us on social media is either myself or Chai FM on either Facebook or Twitter. Chai FM is obviously Chai FM, and you'll find me as Rabbi Shish. Now, I'm absolutely sure of the fact that if you look at our history as Jewish people throughout all the various challenges that we've had, we should have a repository of many, many insightful thoughts and teachings about how to stay positive in very difficult times, just simply because of our exposure and experience. We've been through so many difficult times and been through such challenge in our history. <clears throat> and people who lived through those challenges included the greatest of our sages. I mean, if you had to compile a list of all the great sages of Israel, uh, of the Jewish people, of our history, Load shedding would be a joke compared to what it is that they lived through and yet went on not only to succeed but to inspire, to be able to, be able to inspire others. So we've, we should be able to call on their wisdom and on their insight. Take, for example, I'll just throw out a few examples, and I'm sure that some of you could suggest examples of your own. 
just throw out a few examples of some of the greatest voices, greatest teachers, most impactful individuals <coughs> in our history would include people like Rabbi Akiva and his colleagues who lived through the most brutal Hadrianic period of Roman occupation of Israel. People were brutalized. They were murdered left, right, and center. And people had they, – they weren't just killed. They were tortured in the most inhumane way. And yet, while all of that was going on, these are the people who produced the Talmud with all of its wisdom, not only its legal teachings, but – Equally and possibly for our conversation, more importantly, it's inspirational teachings. <coughs> so there's there's got to be something in our heritage that we can pull on from people who really, really had a rough ride and despite all of that, was able to keep their chin up. Another example, and I'm jumping around in no particular order. I'm pretty certain you could probably offer examples of your own, would be the Rambam, Maimonides who, of course, went on not only to become one of the greatest legal minds of Jewish history, but also wrote the very important work, um, which is called Moriah Hanavuchim, The Guide to the Perplexed. That's a way to help people navigate their, their issues, their faith issues. Very often people have faith issues when life is tough. Now, the Rambam was well positioned to be able to address these issues because of his own personal challenges and suffering. And many of them, I mean, many incidents of personal suffering, losing family members, particularly his brother, who was a supporter. He was his bread, the breadwinner for the entire family, having to run away from belligerent governments that didn't treat their Jews well uh, and balancing the, the Jewish community at a very difficult time in Jewish history. So there's definitely an individual who has great exposure to difficulty and suffering and taught many things about how we could keep ourselves optimistic and positive. I think if you know, even if you have to come to contemporary times and think of the great sages of the previous generation, people who went through the Holocaust, survived concentration camps, lost masses of their family, and yet were people who taught and inspired others with optimism. So, of course, nobody's downplaying and it's not a competition. We're not looking to compare uh, the rate of our difficulties to the rate of other people's difficulties. What we can say and would be fair to say is that we definitely have the resources to call upon that will give us spiritual teachings to help us to deal with whatever the challenges are, at least if we don't have a solution for those challenges, to deal with our own mental well-being and emotional well-being in the face of those challenges. So that's where we're going to start our conversation, as is always the case. You don't know quite where it's going to end up. But I'm inviting you to share what spiritual thought do you call on or what spiritual insight do you use as a survival mechanism or more importantly as a way to keep your chin up, as a way to keep positive? And I have absolutely no doubt that you have one, I, I think, I hope. <laughs> I hope I'm not going out and saying something inappropriate of you by suggesting that you do in fact have this go-to or, <coughs> or this answer, I don't know if the word is answer, but this inspiration, this thought process, the spiritual teaching that just helps you through the rough times. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. Let's explore it. Let's learn from each other because I'm absolutely certain that collectively 
as a community, collectively as the listeners to Fresh Thinking, listeners to Chai FM, collectively as a nation, I'm sure that we have so much spiritual value to add to each other that can be applied in practical terms and can actually be used in our lives. So what do you do when the chips are down, when you're not feeling great about life, when you're not feeling optimistic about the future? What do you call on as a spiritual teaching to help you through it? It's interesting that we're doing this at this time of the year where the Torah portions are all about the exodus from Egypt and how just before the exodus from Egypt, when everything was so close to fruition, so close to the great miraculous liberation and redemption, that interestingly is exactly when life felt absolutely terrible and people had lost faith and even Moses himself turns to God and says, I don't see the point. You sent me to Pharaoh and life has only gotten worse. So maybe there's wisdom just in that story itself. What are your thoughts? Please share them with us. 34519 if you're going to SMS. Otherwise on WhatsApp, uh, sorry, on Telegram, it's 061. 895-1019 and then you could chat on social media at Chai FM or at Rabbi Shish on either Facebook or on Twitter. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. You know, you'd think that that was almost scripted because we're talking about being optimistic and keeping ourselves in a positive headspace with all the difficulties we're facing and the challenges around us. So you'd think it would be scripted to put in an ad for the helpline, the Chai FM helpline. I guarantee you that was purely divine providence. It is certainly not something that I saw coming. But let's make our own helpline here in this conversation with each other. And let's ask ourselves the question, what spiritual teaching, insight, philosophy, meditation, do you use that you find helpful to just put a, a more positive perspective on what's going on in life because there seems to be so much negative? And by the way, I just want to put this out there because I think it's really important. And it's not, you know, there's a big debate amongst our sages. One view is that shared sorrows, shared pain is halved pain. In other words, when a person knows that other people are going through difficulty, makes it that little bit easier to go through difficulty. And then there's another view amongst our sages that says quite to the contrary, it's fool's comfort. So why should I feel better because somebody else is also suffering? You know, if I was an insightful person, a wise person, then I would wish for nobody to suffer at all. So having said that, it is important, and I think it's a very big part of this conversation, to acknowledge that we are not the only people on earth who have challenges and difficulties, and that there are many people around the world today, many of them living in those countries that we look to with admiration and say, oh, life is perfect over there, who are just as desperate to find that spiritual teaching or insight that would help them navigate the particular challenges that they're having right now. Uh, just think back not very long ago in November when I was in New York for the rabbinical, well, the Chabad Rabbis Conference, the Shluchim Conference, and you get to meet people from all over the world. And it's really insightful because it allows a person the opportunity to get a finger on the pulse of what's going on in, in other societies. And coming from South Africa, it was really interesting because people asked, you know, what's happening in South Africa, how are things doing? And needless to say, without even realizing it, I said, well, we've got this particular challenge. That It kind of rolls off the, uh, off the tongue. <laughs> we don't even necessarily think about it. And there we are saying, well, this is the problem and that is the problem. Trying to explain the concept of load shedding to people in the United States. They don't know what you're talking about. But what was interesting <clears throat> is how often 
in those conversations, people said, yes, well, we also have similar challenges. And I expected people to say we have challenges of our own. What well, didn't necessarily expect that they'd say we have similar challenges. And it was a really fascinating experience. So I think that's important for us to acknowledge before anything else is that we're not the only people on earth who have serious challenges that drain us of our optimism and of our positivity. So let's just keep that in mind. And therefore, and secondly, as I was alluding to before, in our history as Jewish people, it's probably fair to say that a good portion, probably the majority of our history, was spent in really difficult circumstances, really painful circumstances where there were all kinds of challenges that are actually unimaginable to us. And our people not only survived, but they thrived. So what did they know? What did they know? What did they believe? What could they see? Because if we could tap into that, surely it would be very helpful for us. <clears throat> so what are they? What are the spiritual teachings that we call on to help us to get through difficult times? Here's somebody who says the story of Joseph. That's the inspiration. The story of Joseph and how he faced unimaginable difficulties. And I suppose the message of the story of Joseph is not just simply that he faced his difficulties and he didn't allow them to destroy him, but to the contrary, he faced his difficulties and in spite of those difficulties became this superly, this super successful person. Super successful. And not only did he become super successful, but he didn't live with resentment. And he didn't live with negativity, which is so incredibly common in our world. You know, if a person has difficulties and then sees that other people don't seem to have those difficulties or other people seem possibly to be the cause of our difficulties. So, <clears throat> you know, it's normal for us to feel upset, resentful, and he didn't. So I hear this point that the story of Joseph would be a great go-to meditation or spiritual process to relate to and to think about as a place to start this journey of feeling positive even when things are difficult. You can well imagine that there must have been times where Joseph was quite tempted to feel despondent, and he obviously didn't allow that temptation to overtake him, <clears throat> which which is why he was able to, to rise to prominence even in the worst situations. So when he was in prison, he still rose to prominence. <clears throat> and when he was working in Potiphar's house, which was hardly a hospitable environment, he rose to prominence. And when he was in Pharaoh's palace, which was a completely foreign environment where he was the outsider and with all the challenges that came with that, he rose to prominence again. So I hear it. You could take the story of Joseph, read the story, concentrate on it, extrapolate messages and lessons from it, and it would be highly useful. That, so that was a good suggestion. That was a good suggestion. Here's Susan who says that the spiritual go-to for her is the prayer that she says every morning. Okay? So prayer, there's no question about it, that praying is something that helps a person to get into a more positive headspace, particularly if it's meaningful prayer, because very often prayer, unfortunately, is when people are only saying the words and not necessarily concentrating on them. So I'm talking about meaningful prayer. Yeah, that is something that could completely, completely shift what it is that we're going through and what it is that we're experiencing. Just by the way, when people say prayer, and generally or often people feel that prayer is a matter of asking. 
asking for what you want. And that kind of prayer, I don't believe, is necessarily going to put us into a better headspace, more optimistic headspace, if because that's prayer that effectively focuses on the lack. I, I don't have certain things, and that's why I need to pray to be able to get those certain things, which is which is great. It's meaningful. It's appropriate. It's certainly not, I don't think, the kind of prayer that's going to get us to a state of being more positive. Okay, so we've got to understand what we do with prayer and how we work it, how the technology works. Here's Martin. Martin says the book of Tanya. Martin, you definitely get my vote as somebody who teaches Tanya regularly and somebody who believes very strongly that there's immense value in learning Tanya and how it creates perspective for us and allows us the opportunity to see things in the healthiest way, then I would absolutely agree with that, that Tanya is a, a brilliant resource, a spiritual resource that people could have and could use in order to get into a healthy or happy or positive or optimistic headspace. Okay, good. Martin, that was a nice a nice suggestion, a practical suggestion as well, by the way, because very often when we talk about things like, for example, prayer, the average person is not quite sure how you do it, what exactly are you supposed to do, how do you turn prayer into this meaningful experience. So that's why it's useful to have a book such as Tanya, which you could learn, and it gives you tools, actual tools that you could use and that you could apply and that really make a difference in life. Okay, good. That was a great suggestion. Let's see what else comes through. <laughs> some interesting ones, which I'll get to shortly. Very interesting, by the way. Some people have made some very, very interesting observations over here. Uh, I like the fact, I'm not going to read it out in detail, but I like the fact, well, I should say, I appreciate the fact that somebody has quoted me as their, a, a particular line that I like to use a lot as their go-to. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm very touched by that. <laughs> that that you feel that this would be your go-to for upliftment and positivity, which is nice. It's wonderful. It always always feels, how should we say, re uh, feels affirming to know that people are actually listening to the things that we say, especially when we're trying to teach things of value. Elisheva says the go-to is to study Torah. Okay, so Martin was much more specific about which part of Torah because I think it would be fair to say there are certain areas of Torah that a person won't necessarily feel directly how that causes them to, to be in a better, more optimistic headspace. But I do think Elisheva's point is a powerful point because at the end of the day, what happens when you study Torah is it actually shifts who you are as a person and how you see the whole world. Okay, interesting conversation and I'm sure we'll have many more interesting suggestions that will come through. What is your go-to spiritual activity or thinking that you use in order to put yourself into a better headspace? That's our conversation over here today. Three four five one nine. If you'd like to send an SMS, you can always use the Telegram app on zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine. And we're on social media, as you well know, either myself or Chai FM. That's at Chai FM at Rabbi Shish, either on Facebook or Twitter. If you have just joined in, this is Fresh Thinking. You are with Rabbi Shishla. We're together till just before 3 o'clock today talking about the fact that I feel everybody is just a little deflated at the moment. So what are, what spiritual teaching is your go-to spiritual teaching to be able to get yourself into a better headspace? What is it? Go ahead. Share it with us. I think we all need this at this point in time. We could all benefit from it. Here's Shirley who says, one that I would have expected. I think it's 
typical of what people would say at a time when you're discussing about positivity and keeping your chin up, etc. So Shirley says, this too shall pass. And I, I remember, I remember as a child once, I was a young child and I remember hurting myself and, and actually thinking exactly that, you know, it's okay, it's not going to hurt forever. <laughs> I think the problem is that very often we feel that the way things are and the direction in which they're headed does sometimes feel quite forever. And that's a little bit overwhelming to say the least. So I definitely think it's a great teaching. This too shall pass. I'm not sure that everybody will find it so accessible. Right. Well, let's see. What does everybody have to say about that? Um, here, okay, this is an interesting one. Here's somebody, I don't know how you pronounce this name. It's so interesting how some people choose Twitter handles that are completely unpronounceable. But anyway, so this person says, love. All we need is love. I'm not sure that that qualifies technically as a spiritual teaching, maybe as a moral teaching, perhaps as a an ideological teaching. Not sure, but you could say, I, I, I can hear the argument that people would say that it qualifies as a spiritual teaching. All we need is love. And clearly for this particular individual with the unpronounceable Twitter handle, that is what they, that's what they go to. So it's, it's obviously valid, certainly valid for them. Okay, good, good point. Uh, here's an interesting one. Here's an interesting one. So this is Ovidio, I think that's how you pronounce it, on Twitter. And he says, what did the Kotzkareba, so just for context, the Kotzkareba was one of the great Polish Hasidic masters known to be very sharp and to give these incredibly insightful uh, thoughts in, in literally just a few words. So that's who he's quoting over here. So he says, the Kotzkareba a person once came to his to his yeshiva, came to his study hall, and the Kotzkareba said, well, what brings you here? He said, I've come here to discover God. The Kotzkareba said to him, God is everywhere. What you need is to discover yourself. Okay, it's a beautiful and quite profound comment. Very, very much Kotzkareba style. And I guess... This particular individual is saying that's their go-to spiritual pick-me-up line. Okay? Very interesting. Okay, here's somebody who says none. Okay. <laughs> here's a, 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 a guess my anonymity. That's an interesting name. Says that the go-to spiritual teaching is Tehillim chapter 100 verse number 2, which is Ivdu es Hashem b'simcha. Serve God with joy. And there's a double implication over there, by the way. It means, firstly, that whenever we're doing what God wants of us, which is when we serve God, it should be joyous. It shouldn't be one of these things where we're like rolling our eyes and dragging our feet. And then there's another perspective to it, which is to say that it is it is a way to serve God. Like to live with joy is a way of serving God, which is very insightful, right? Definitely insightful. Good. Okay. That's a little bit off topic, so we won't go with that one for now. Here's, okay, another one. I'm not, not going to go down that road because I know it's going to open up another whole thing. Nikki says that gratitude, the spiritual go-to thinking process or meditation is a meditation of gratitude. And I think there's so much to be said for that because what happens is you, we get to choose. I'm pretty sure I shared it here once before, the anthropology professor who's in his first semester of the first year students and he asks them to look up at the ceiling and to share what they notice. 
So they look up at the ceiling, and one of the ceiling tiles is cracked. And they say, well, that's what we noticed. Look, there's that cracked uh, ceiling tile. So he says to them, how is it that out of the hundred-odd ceiling tiles in this auditorium, you all notice the one that's broken? How come nobody noticed that 99 of them are all whole? And that's how he began his lecture, effectively, to say that that's the human condition. We tend to fixate on and, and latch on to the things that are negative, to the things that don't work, to the things that are broken. So it's funny, and, and perhaps not everybody will will agree with us, but it, I feel like when the lights go out, when there's load shedding, there's this collective groan that happens. And if you're standing in a shop or you're standing with people, like there's this collective groan that happens. When the lights come back on, there's this, like this, I don't want to say people applaud or anything like that. That would be dramatic and very exaggerated. But there's a sense of lightness that comes, excuse the pun, like you feel better. And that's, that's the feeling of, of noticing the positive. It actually helps you to feel better. Now, gratitude does that. Because, uh, excuse me saying this, but we are, we are a spoiled bunch, not as South Africans, as humans living in the 21st century. We are a spoiled bunch. The things that we expect and that we take for granted are things that in their absolute wildest fictions, our great grandparents would never have imagined possible. So, we, we have much, much to be grateful for. The medical care that exists in the 21st century, something to be grateful for. The fact that we're able to travel, to communicate, to produce sufficient food, and, and so many other things that we really, really should be grateful for. Now, I'm not excusing the fact that we are in an environment where systems don't work, but we get to choose our perspective. And I think gratitude is a great spiritual go-to meditation, headspace, to keep us in a good place to keep us positive and optimistic what's yours on telegram 0618951019 on twitter or on facebook find either me or high fm and let us know what is the spiritual teaching that helps you stay positive this is fresh thinking with rabbi ari shishla don't i always say it there's so much wisdom amongst our listenership and that's why we're getting these great insights into what spiritual wisdom, insight, meditation, teaching could you call on in order to pick yourself up and feel more positive when things are not necessarily feeling so positive. We've had some really good ones come through. Last one I mentioned was gratitude. Here's Kevin who says, from dust you came, from dust you shall return. And I imagine that what he is effectively saying is that we shouldn't take ourselves so seriously because when we do – that's when we're so overly disappointed when things don't go our way. And that's when we are so anxious about how things are going to play out and all the various other difficult emotional experiences or mental experiences that we go through. Many of them are, are founded in the fact or rooted in the fact that we just maybe take ourselves a little bit too seriously. Okay, That's an insightful one, certainly insightful. Flora, I'm going to come back to because I like what you're saying, and it's something that resonates very, very deeply. So, haha, here's somebody who says you could learn more Torah and save money from not having to go to a psychologist. That's another whole conversation in its own right. Jacob says almost anything from the Hasidic masters, that would be where the person goes. That's, that, that would be where the person goes, right? Anything from the Hasidic masters. Okay, great. I'm definitely in favor, as you well, as you well can guess, right? 
Okay, a few other interesting ones coming up, but slightly off topic, so leave that out of it. A few people saying a similar thing, which I'm going to get as well. I'm going to get to those. Here's somebody who says something really powerful, and because I know who's saying it, I'm not going to mention their name, but I do feel that it's incredibly profound coming from this person because I know that they deal with a particularly difficult issue on an ongoing basis. And they say that their go-to positive thinking space is to know that God loves us like a parent. That's profound if you can really get your head there. The Torah talks about it. We are called God's children. It's no question that a, a parent will always look out for their child and always ensure that the child has the best of what they need, even when that includes certain things that the child does not necessarily relate to or appreciate. But that concept, if we could get it into our heads, you know, the Baal Shem Tov used to say that we need to be aware of the fact that God's love for us is greater than the love that two parents would have to an only child who was born to them when they were already advanced in age. That's how incredible God's love is for us. And that's something we have to think about. So, yeah, I think, as I said, I'm not going to mention who the person is, but I think that's a very powerful teaching. Very powerful. And there we go. Here's Miriam also saying Tanya, which is fantastic. So if you guys want to know how to join a Tanya group, I've got a few on the go. Can certainly help you out in that department. Wendy says, let go and let God. Now, I've heard that before. I'm sure you've heard that before. It's a very powerful go-to spiritual headspace, right? Let go, let God. Recognize it doesn't have to work out the way we anticipate. And just because things are not following the, traje- the trajectory that we were looking for doesn't mean that we're not going to get to a good place. So that's that's good. That's really good. Let's go back here to Flora's comment. Flora said three things. Number one, everything is for the good. Number two. Two, everything is from above. Number three, think good and it will be good. Now, I have to be honest. When I saw Flora post this, I was like, bingo. That's exactly where my head goes. That's where I find my spiritual guidance for tough times, you know, to be able to keep my head up. I reverse the order just a little bit. So the way I see it, the way I understand it, and this is very much what Judaism teaches. The first principle we have to acknowledge is everything comes from God. Now, no, in the modern world, many people grapple with that because they believe that there are all kinds of natural processes and there are forces in the world that have an effect on the world. But we as Jewish people, and I I would think many other people of faith, are taught and trained the same way. It's to know that everything comes from God. There are no accidents. There's nothing that happens which is, you know, for the wrong person at the wrong time. And that's in itself already a more encouraging and a helpful perspective to know it's not because there's some guy sitting in government who doesn't know what he's doing. and That's why my life is bad. Yes, of course, the government official who's corrupt is absolutely responsible for his corruption and must be taken to task. There's no question about that. The fact that God chose for me to live in that place where that corrupt person is, that's a different story. It's exactly the same as if somebody were to insult a person, physically harm a person. Yes, of course, the perpetrator is guilty and needs to be taken, you know, to, to through the justice system. But the victim 
also has, for whatever reason, to confront this particular issue. And that causes a lot of distress in people because it's like, what am I, is it, is it a punishment? Did I do something wrong? Why is God doing this to me? If you go back to the original point that I quoted from that other fellow, that God loves us like a parent, then it's not punitive. It's not because he's out to get us. It's not because he's frustrated with us. It's because he intends for the best for us. And sometimes to get us to the best place that we could be needs a little bit of pressure, a little bit of stress, a little bit of discomfort. You know, isn't it interesting? Because in other areas of life, let's say, for example, in the business world, many people in the business world will be quite comfortable to say that the success of their career is built on the failures earlier in their career because that's where they learned the most. In fact, many business leaders will tell you that we tend, maybe psychologists will tell you the same, that we tend to learn more from our failures than we do from our successes. Or to put it differently, it's when the chips are down, when life is most challenging, is when we land up becoming most innovative. So that principle of saying that everything comes from on high, married to the principle that God loves us like a parent, is for me a very, very comforting and encouraging perspective. That definitely helps me to stay positive because what it means is the stuff that's going on in my life right now, I don't have to like it. It might be highly inconvenient, frustrating, possibly even painful, maybe debilitatingly so. And at the same time, I know that it's not destroying me but it's actually creating an opportunity for me to become a more resilient, stronger, insightful, empathetic person. Because those are the things that happen to people who go through difficulty. They become deeper, wiser, more empathetic, resilient people. Yes, I know that's summarized in the cliche of what doesn't kill you. But, but there's truth to it. So when we acknowledge that where this is coming from into my life is part of God's plan, and his plan is for my benefit. It doesn't mean I have to always take the punishment. It doesn't mean I can't improve my life. It doesn't mean we don't go to a doctor if a person is sick. It certainly means, though, that we don't allow life to get us down because it didn't fit the expectations that we had or have. And that's where the beginning of the shift really happens, is to see what I'm going through is not destructive it's a birthing process. It's the seed that disintegrates in the ground so that the tree can grow. Easier said than applied, I know. But I'm, I'm very pleased that Flora mentioned that because this is very much where, where I believe we need to be. Everything comes from on high. God loves us like a parent. It's not intended to destroy us. It's intended for our best interest. And then let's move forward. What's yours? What's your thought? What's your insight? What's your suggestion? Got a couple of more minutes to share. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. So interesting. Because my question was, what is the spiritual teaching that you go to to help be positive in difficult times? And two people have said the same thing in totally different ways. In fact, opposite ways. So the one person says that it is the coming of Mashiach, the belief in the coming of Mashiach, but then immediately says it's thousands of years down the line and it hasn't happened yet. And the other one says the coming of Mashiach and it's happening right now. Isn't it interesting how you could have the focus on two people focusing on the same part of Judaism 
as you could have two people focused on the same part of life and they see completely different perspectives. I guess that's the human experience. I uh, just want to throw out a few others that have come through here. Somebody says saying that Tehillim, reading Psalms, that that's something that gives them spiritual um, <clears throat> positivity or spiritual practice that gives them positivity. Eve says the principle that there's nothing but God and therefore I can relax, take a breath and ask God for help, which is quite nice. Um, there was another one I wanted to read. I don't know where I've put it. We'll see if we can find it just now. Somebody says also that they've just started to learn Hasidic teachings, and that's been very helpful for them, which, of course, is an idea that I would resonate with. And as two people already suggested previously, specifically the book of Tanya, which is really, really powerful. There's one last point that Flora mentioned, which I think is incredibly important to mention. So she said three things. She said everything comes from on high. God is good. And the third thing she said was, as we say in Yiddish, tracht gut, vet sein gut. If you think good, then things will be good, which is quite something. Because this is not just simply positive affirmations or a belief in the, what do they call it? The, um, I can't remember what's, what's the law of attraction, right? Remember the law of attraction when that was like all really in vogue, whatever it was, 10, 15 years ago. It's not that. To think positive means that a person works on themselves. And I think this is probably the most important thing to know about this conversation. Is that Judaism doesn't believe that there is any kind of quick fix for big challenges in life. Rather, Judaism believes that when we work very hard to do something that is incredibly difficult for us and outside of our comfort zone, but it is aligned with what God wants from us, then as a result, and dare we say, as a reward for behaving in that particular way, for doing that work, God causes good things to happen to and for us. And so maybe that's the one takeaway from today. Let's remember that we're not in control, that's for sure. Not even the government is in control. Actually, God is in control. And that's how you see things that change in the, in the blink of an eye. God is good, loves us like a parent, only wants the best for us. And if we think in a positive way and expect you know, work on ourselves to reach a point where we expect that God will send good things our way. It earns us the rights to get those good things, to get those blessings in our lives. So my wish for all of us is that we can be in a positive headspace. My wish for all of us is that we can see open blessings in our lives and that those blessings come in an unexpected way so that the particular situations we're facing that we feel have no resolution Surprise us by being resolved. Have a wonderful week and a wonderful Shabbos. Please, God, we'll continue on this or different lines next week at this time.